Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. X-Tree, X-Tree, Sentinel X-Tree, now the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush, presents The Green Hornet. Hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Now ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Keys to a Robbery. The Green Hornet Strikes Again. The adventures of the Green Hornet are brought to you by the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush. Delicious Orange Crush is made with real fresh oranges. With all its wonderful fresh fruit flavor sealed in that sunproof Orange Crush brown bottle. The exclusive brown bottle that keeps light out, keeps flavor in. Always look for that exclusive brown bottle and enjoy the one and only Orange Crush. Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, had flown his seaplane to Miami, Florida, for the newspaper publishers' convention taking place there. Michael Axford accompanied him, as did Reed's valet and friend, Cato. Reed confided in Axford. Since Miss Case and Clicker Benny are taking their vacation in Cuba, I thought perhaps we might fly over to see them before we return north. That's right. Havana's only an hour's plane ride from here, isn't it? Oh, less than that. But the girls aren't in Havana. They've taken a beach cottage 50 miles from there, at Cardenas. So that's where we'll go, if we go. At that moment, a giant luxury yacht, the Quicksilver, was nearing the harbor of Cardenas. The vessel was the property of the notorious Floyd Hammond, and Hammond was in his cabin talking with a man named Rocky Pomeroy. Rocky, uh, what word did Bill Ferris give you when you left Miami last night? Oh, nothing directly, boss. But he sounded scared, kind of. Yeah? Every said he'd go through with the arrangements you made last time he talked to you. Smart guy, isn't he? Wants to be sure he'll get his money in advance before passing over the route sheet for the money truck, eh? Uh, what are the arrangements, boss? He'll meet me tomorrow night in Cardenas at Louis' place. And once we get the route sheet, everything will go as planned, huh? Everything. When you've made your getaway, take the boat to that island, Palmetto Key, and stay there. I'll leave Cardenas tomorrow night. You'll signal this from the yacht when you get near the key, huh? Right. We'll bring the money out the yacht then and get aboard. But, boss, I've been thinking about Ferris. Yeah? You think he'll hold up once the cops and feds start drilling him? Don't worry about that, Rocky. He'll not tug. You sure? Yes, Rocky. Because before he gets a chance to talk, one of your men will kill him in Miami. Well, after he leaves Cardenas tomorrow night, you go to Havana and take the next regular flight to Miami. Wait until morning before you send a man to jail. 
Early next afternoon, after a convention session, Rick Reed sought out Michael Axford in the lobby of their hotel. Axford, I want you to fly to Havana at once. Get a car there and drive out to Cardenas. Miss Case thinks she may have stumbled onto the makings of a story. See if she's right. I'd be glad to go, Reed. Axford arrived in Havana, then hired an automobile, and drove to the small seaside town of Cardenas. There, after inquiry, he located the cottage where Lenore Case and the Sentinel's vivacious photographer, Clicker Binney, were staying. Miss Case, Reed's secretary, greeted Axford warmly. <laughs> Michael, oh, it's good yeah. to see you. I'm glad you're here. Show my Casey. Where's Clicker? Here I am, Michael. When I heard you were coming, I decided it was too warm to bake a cake. Oh, just warmed over my heart for you. <laughs> Listen to her, will you? She made the Blarney Stone, that one. <laughs> Both of you stop it. Michael's here on business, Clicker. Michael, Floyd Hammond's yacht is tied up at the dock here. Well, what's Hammond doing here? We haven't found out yet. Well, let's mosey around town together and see if we can find out. Hammond knows you, doesn't he, Clicker? Oh, yes. I take his picture every time they arrest him. And take it again when the DA releases him for want of evidence. Well, it's getting late, and the lights on the way to town aren't bright. So let's start, shall we? Bill Ferris, a crook at heart, had worked for many years as a route dispatcher for one of the largest money-delivering truck firms in the southeast. He had done his work well, and now he was ready for the million-dollar robbery that he and Floyd Hammond had planned years before. Covering his tracks, he had been flown to Cuba after finishing his work for the day. He sat with Floyd Hammond at a table in the corner of a Cardenas cafe, known as Louis' place. Mr. Hammond, I didn't get tomorrow's route until near quitting time. The drivers don't get it until tomorrow. Yes, I know that. How much are they picking up at the bank? A little more than a million. Most of it's supposed to be delivered to a few gambling houses outside Dade County. The first stop will be... Never mind telling me... Here's your 10000 down payment. Thanks. Now, let me see the route sheet before I give it to Roggy. Here. You can slip out the back door as soon as we've gone over it. All right. Tina will have the car ready to take it to the plane. Now, let's see. The truck will turn off Collins at this spot. Michael Axford, at that moment, was walking with Lenore Case and Clicker Binney along the small main street of Cardenas. Well, it's a cinch there was nobody on board. There were no lights shown from any of the cabin oh, windows. that doesn't or... mean anything, Michael. You took the word of the sailor on guard and did nothing more about it. Well, that's because I was acting smart. Now, you see, Michael, I was... look over there. Where? Don't let them notice you're looking. I mean, over there on the left. Under that sign, it reads Louie's place. You mean those two? Yes. Glory be, Clicker. I know what you mean. The tall fellow, huh? Yeah, that's Rocky Pomeroy, isn't it? Sure it is. I knew it. I've taken his picture, too. Who's Rocky Pomeroy? One of our hometown boys, Casey. A hoodlum who don't... I think he sees us, Michael. He's talking to the other man and looking this way. Well, let him. We have as much right to be here as he has. More, in fact. Now, come on. We're going to go right past him and walk into Louis' place. If Rocky Pomeroy's hanging around a place like that, then I want to know what's inside. <laughs> Well, if you don't want to come along, I'll go in by myself. Eleanor, we can't let him go in there alone. He's sure to get into trouble. Perhaps we'll keep him out of it. Oh, all right. Wait for us, Michael. We're going with you. 
As the trio came to the door of Louie's place, Rocky Pomeroy and the man called Tino stepped back into the shadows. Inside the cafe, Louis himself emerged from the dimness to greet Axford and his companions. Uh, good evening, senor, senorita. How do you do? It's one fine thing to welcome you to Louis's place. I'm Louis. You will have a table and some wine, perhaps? Uh, no, no, thanks. We'll go to the bar and have ourselves a few glasses of orange crush. Oh, see, si, see, si, see, si, senor. At the bar, as they waited for the drinks they'd ordered, the sentinel staffers looked around the shadowy room. It was Clicker Binney who saw the two men at the corner table. Lenore! Michael! We've hit the jackpot. Our story's here. Floyd Hammond's in the house. He is, Clicker? Where? Over there at that corner table near the rear door. He's sitting with the gray-haired man. See? Yes. That's Floyd Hammond, all right. Oh, he's getting up. He's leaving. No, only the other man is. Well, let's get a word with him before he... Oh, just stay right where you are. What? What? Where, Where did you come from? What do you care? You three just sit tight right here. Oh, look. Do you know who I am? Yeah, yeah. Newspaper snoop. The Damon Blues, a photographer from the Sentinel. Hey, what's going on here? Oh, uh, oh, hello, Hammond. This bully boy of yours here is threatening us. Bully boy of mine? I don't know the man. Ah, come on now. None of that. Get out of here, Rocky. Sure, sure. You see, Michael, Mr. Hammond never met Rocky before. Did you, Mr. Hammond? Uh, You're right, Miss... uh... Binny, is it? How did you know? Well, because I've seen you around, though I never met you. The same as in Rocky's case, you see. I've seen the men around, that's all. Ah, fooey. Well, well, that's hardly the attitude to take, Mr. Axford, isn't it? That's my name, you know it is. He's seen you around, too, Michael. Oh, in your circling, Mr. Hammond, I don't believe you met Lenore Case. Uh, this is Miss Case. Well, how do you do, Miss Case? Don't you think you'd better leave with your friends? Well, uh, I'm afraid I have no friends. It, do you mean the bait man? Bait man? Yes, the one who was with me in the corner. I was giving him an order for bait. I'm going on a fishing cruise tomorrow. Would, uh, would you care to join me? No, thank you. Well, perhaps you'd honor me, uh, that is the three of you, by having breakfast with me on my yacht. No, Oh, thank- we'd be glad to. Dixney, Casey. We'd love to eat with you, wouldn't we, Clicker? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we sure would. Well, bring your camera along, Miss Vinnie. I'll be glad to pose with you. Casey, this is going to be a story. Oh, what time shall we come aboard, Mr. Hammond? <laughs> well, we'll make it brunch instead of breakfast. Suppose we say 11 o'clock. I think 11 o'clock would be the ideal time. The next morning, at the moment Axford, Lenore Case, and Clicker Binney were boarding the Quicksilver, an armored truck drove away from the rear door of a large bank in Miami. Twenty minutes later, the truck made its first stop at a large and famous nightclub. Three guards who had been inside the truck prepared to remove the first delivery of money. And then, with the speed of light, it happened. Eight masked men who had been hiding in the hedges through the side of the club leaped into the open, machine guns blazing. The guards went down like wheat before a scythe. One of them managed to fire his revolver before he died. His bullets hit one of the robbers. The leader yelled to the other killers. Never mind him. we got 30 seconds to clear that truck of the door. Now hurry up. Hurry up. Let 
That does it, Rocky. We have it all. All right, then get in the car with the rest of them. Go on. <laughs> what about Tino? They shot He's him. He's dead. Know. Leave him there. All right, get moving, Tommy. You know the way we're taken. Look at the crowd running toward the club. Yeah, but no cops. Good. Tommy, head right for the dock. And you guys in the back seat, start changing your clothes. Uh, well, we ditched this car, Rock. At the dock. It's stolen, and as long as none of you leave fingerprints on it, it doesn't matter where we leave it. All right, now watch those prints. And hurry, we've less than three minutes. All right, boys, the boat's ready. Grab those pouches, get them on board, and hide them under the fish that's piled in the corner. Now, fast! Got the motor on that boat! Well, it looks like we've made it, boys. It worked just like the boss and I planned it. We're 20 minutes out of the beach and no one's paid any attention to us. Uh, too bad they got Tino, huh? Yeah, yeah. Maybe our cut will be big enough. Especially with that finger man, Ferris, out of the way. Uh, you took care of him, huh, Blackie? I gave it to him. Boom, boom, right in the head before he knew I was in his room. I put the gun in his hand like you told me. To make it look like suicide. <laughs> that a boy. He'll be sure he fingered the job when they find him. <laughs> but they'll never find us. Uh, say, how long we have to hide out in the Palmetto Key, Rocky? Only till late tonight. The boss will leave Cuba after it's dark. He'll signal to us from the yacht when he passes the key. We'll ride out to him, go aboard with the dough, sink this boat, <laughs> and ride north like millionaires. <laughs> we'll continue our story in just a moment. Hello there, fellas and girls. Bet you're glad it's Friday again. And say, if the gang is coming over tonight, know what would go over big? Well, I'll tell you. Delicious Orange Crush. Yes, Orange Crush with sandwiches or cookies make mighty wonderful refreshment. Gosh, there's nothing more refreshing than ice-cold Orange Crush. That cool, tangy Orange Crush flavor really hits the spot. And Orange Crush is so good for you. It's made from fresh, tree-ripened California oranges. There's nothing artificial about Orange Crush. No artificial flavoring, no artificial coloring. That golden fresh fruit Orange Crush goodness comes right from nature. That's why you can drink all you want of wonderful tasting Orange Crush. Tell Mom to keep the refrigerator stocked up with Orange Crush all the time so you'll always have it when friends drop in and for after school and nighttime snacks. The whole family will enjoy Orange Crush. It's the most refreshing drink in the world. Why not tell Mom you'll go to the store right now and pick up some of those six-bottle handy packs of delicious Orange Crush. And when you go to buy Orange Crush, be sure to ask for it by name. Don't just say orange. Say, I want Orange Crush, because there's a world of difference. You'll recognize Orange Crush by its famous crinkly brown bottle, the sunproof bottle that keeps light out and keeps flavor in. So always ask for and be sure to get Orange Crush. O-R-A-N-G-E-C-R-U-S-H. Orange Crush. Now back to the Green Hornet. Rick Reed, together with the other publishers, was among the first to hear of the million-dollar robbery and the murders that accompanied it. I must call Cuba and have Axford and Miss Benny get here as soon as possible. 
This story will get national coverage. I need all the help I can get. After breakfast and conversation, expert Miss Case and Clicker Binney left Pomeroy's yacht. They returned to the girls' cottage shortly after one o'clock. The telephone was jingling endlessly. Well, it sounds like a fire alarm or New Year's Eve. I'll answer it, girls. Hello? Oh, hello, Reed. You have, have you? Well, we've been on Hammond's yacht. What's that? A million-dollar robbery? What? Girls, there was a million-dollar bank robbery in Miami this morning. Clicker and I will charter a plane, Reed, and get there as soon as possible. Goodbye. Did you hear that, Clicker? Yeah. He wants us on the story. Well, if you two are returning to Miami, then I'm going with you. Clicker, let's start to pack. Two hours later, when Axford and the two girls arrived in Miami, they called Reed's hotel and learned he was at the city morgue. They found him there looking at the police pictures of the bandit who had been slain at the scene of the holdup. Axford's eyes opened wide as he saw the likeness. Reed, you say that's the robber that was killed when the million dollars was stolen? Yes, I just identified him now. His name's Tino Machetti. Well, you don't? Not by name, I don't, but I know the face. He was a Cuban criminal. Certainly, that's where we saw him, Mr. Reed. In Cardenas last night, in front of that cafe, Louis's place. That's right. He was talking to Rocky Pomeroy. Rocky Pomeroy was in Cardenas last night with this man? Yes, Chief. He's the fellow, all right. Mr. Reed. Oh, yes, Captain McLean. I thought you might want this other picture. We're handing them out to the newspaper boys. Oh, what is the picture? Who is it? The man who fingered that robbery today, we think. Billy Ferris is his name. Worked for the Armour Car Outfit. He was murdered. Whoever killed him tried to make it look like suicide. Oh, no. But Ferris oh, knew no. the room. Miss, what's the matter? What are you doing with the picture? Lenore, Michael, it's the other one we saw last night. This man? It's the one we saw last evening in a cafe in Cardenas, Cuba. Are you sure of that? Positive. Right, Michael? Sure, yeah. He, he was sitting inside the cafe we just mentioned. He was talking to Floyd Hammond. But Mr. Hammond said that man sold bait. He said they had It doesn't any... matter what he said. You people have placed Ferris and this man Tino Machete in Cuba last night. You've also placed Rocky Pomeroy there. Captain, I propose that you get in touch with Cuban police at once. Three hours later, Captain McLean, downcast, gave a report to Reed and the Sentinel staff members. We received word from Havana. No matter what our police think, the Cuban authorities have no grounds for holding Hammond. He says he doesn't know Palmer. He's lying. Undoubtedly, but how to prove it? And the man who owns the cafe where you say you saw Ferris denies it. He says the man who was talking to Hammond was a bait man. It's true the holdup men may have come from Cuba and made their escape too there. But that has to be proved also. Yes, it has to be proved. Back in his hotel room, Britt Reed spoke low to his valet, Cato, one of the four persons who knew that Reed was the Green Hornet. Cato, I've sent Axford and Miss Benny out on assignments that'll keep them busy for the rest of the night. I told them I'd be busy on convention business and asked them to make their reports to Miss Case. Oh, so, Mr. Britt, you have other thoughts, maybe? Yes, Cato. I've already arranged for flight clearance back and forth. We're taking my plane and we're flying to Cuba. Oh, good thing, Mr. Britt. You have the Green Hornet mask and gas guns among my luggage? Oh, yes, Mr. Britt. I have gas bombs, too. Oh, good, good. If I'm to get aboard Hammond John, I may need those. I'll put three or four in my pocket after we've landed the plane near Cardenas.
Rick Reed landed his plane in the waters off Cardenas, a spot where he had fished many times. Leaving the plane at anchor in a cove, he inflated the rubber emergency boat which was carried on the plane. Shortly before 8 o'clock, the rubber craft, almost silent in the moonless night, came to a stop near the anchor chain of Hammond's yacht, the Quicksilver. The Green Hornet, who had been rowing, spoke low. The only person I see on deck is that guard at the head of the gangplank. Well, that's what I see, too, Mr. Britt. You pull yourself up on boat by anchor chain? Yeah, I think the biceps are still up to the job. You know what I told you on the way here? Oh, yes, sir. I go back to plane and watch yacht leave. If you not jump overboard and swim to plane when yacht passes cove, I wait one hour, but I follow after yacht at end of hour, no matter what happens. Right. If it's possible, I'll blink that fog-piercing flashlight I have. You know what the signals mean. Oh, sure. I fly back again overboard after a while if light shines steady. If it blinks fast, I come down and wait for you to leave boat and uh, swim to plane. That's it. Now, let's see. Gas gun in my belt. Bombs in my pocket. Flashlight in trouser pocket. Now, that's everything. Well, here goes. Like an acrobat in the circus, the Green Hornet, climbing hand over hand, made his way swiftly to the top of the anchor chain. There, he grabbed a trailing hawser and lifted himself onto the deck. There was activity at the stern of the boat, but no one saw the masked figure. The Green Hornet sprinted to where large piles of canvas were stacked near a lifeboat. He hid behind these and waited. The boat left Cardenas half an hour later. After getting underway, the crew went below and the boat became quiet. Cautiously, the Green Hornet came from his hiding place and crept in the shadows to a passageway leading to the cabins. Three times within the next four hours, Cato in Reed's plane passed over the yacht Quicksilver. Three times from somewhere on the vessel below, a flashlight went on and beamed steadily. Oh, light burned bright. Oh, me all is okie-dokie. I fly on for a while and then come back. Hope gas holds out. Shortly after midnight, the Quicksilver came to a stop about a hundred feet off an isolated key near the tip of the Florida Peninsula. Men rowed out in a large boat and boarded the yacht, carrying heavy sacks with them. Minutes later, the boat started again. The party of celebration on board the Quicksilver had become as noisy as it was alcoholic. Even Floyd Hammond had succumbed to the refreshments. And boastingly, he was talking to Rocky Pomeroy. Hey, Rocky, old boy, I'm set for life, Al. We're all set for life. Hey, look at all those bills we did. Don't they look pretty? Yeah, you can say that again, boy. Okay, I will say it. Don't they look pretty? Huh? <laughs> hey, boys, don't they? <laughs> look at those bank slips on each pile. $50,000 on this one, $20,000 hey, on Hey, hey, boy. Right. Who's that guy standing in the doorway, huh? <laughs> Who's kidding around with a mask on him, huh? <laughs> hey, that guy's dressed like the Green Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, cut the kid. Who are you? <laughs> I'm who you think I am, the Green Hornet. Hey, he's going to throw something. Here's a gas bomb for you. Oh, no. And another. <laughs> and another. The 
members of the Hammond Pomeroy gang had been too befuddled to reach for their guns. The Green Hornet, carrying his gas gun, ran out onto the deck and headed for the pilot house. Captain, and you at the wheel. Here, gas! Well, that takes care of everyone topside. How to use this fire axe and chop the wheel and instruments to pieces. Starting to move in circles. Now, if only... Oh, there it is again. That's my plane. I'd know that motor among a million. Where's that flashlight? Oh, here it is. Short, short. On, off. On, off. On. Well, there's my plane. Now, just one more thing. to Set off these emergency rockets. Now... the way they light that sky. Hello, Coast Guard. Goodbye, Quicksilver. I'm taking a swim. This way, Mr. Britt. Swim this way. When Britt Reed descended into the lobby of his hotel on the following morning... Michael Axford came running towards him. Hey, Reed! Oh, Reed, oh, Reed. Why did you have to sleep late in the morning like this morning? Oh, I was tired, Axford. Why? Has there been another holdup? No, but, Reed, they captured the gang that held up the bank yesterday. What's more, they got back all the money that was stolen, too. Oh, that's good news. Where'd all this happen? On board Floyd Hammond's yacht a few miles from Key Largo. Early this morning, rockets started going off in a boat, and the Coast Guard hurried to heed the signal for help. When they got there, they found the Quicksilver going around in the water like some merry-go-round. <laughs> it must have made them dizzy watching it, Ah, huh? what are you joking about? This is a big story. Clickers down at the Federal Building now taking pictures of Hammond and Rocky Pomeroy and the other crooks that were taken with them. Oh, Pomeroy was with them, was he? That he was. It was just like we figured yesterday, after seeing the pictures of Farris and that dead guy, Keno. And Reed, guess what? Oh, I can't begin to guess. You tell me. Do you know who was on the boat and got away? No. The Green Hornet, that's who. He gassed a lot of them, they say. And then he must have gone crazy or something, because he gassed the skipper, too, and chopped up the pilot's house. That's what caused him to be caught. The cops found the gun that killed Farris on one of the goons, and they proved that Bill Farris was in on the job for sure. Yeah, but uh, what happened to the Green Hornet? He disappeared, that's what. Something tells me he got himself drowned after going crazy. Reed, as sure as I stand here and look at you, I'm sure we'll never see the Green Harlot again. Pistol extra, paper, million dollar bank robbery solved. Police get goods on Hammond. Read all about it. Gang jail. Green Hornet escape. Sentinel X-ray paper. That's the Green Hornet story for today.
Another exciting story brought to you by the most refreshing drink in the world. The drink that's actually good for you because it's made with real oranges. The one and only Orange Crush. It sparkles, it tingles, it makes you feel fresh again. Always keep several bottles in your refrigerator. And always remember, the handy way to do that is to get the handy pack. Six bottles of Orange Crush in a handy carrying case. This program is a feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. Created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. The Green Hornet is brought to you every Wednesday and Friday at this same time by the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush. That's the drink you like best of all. Try it. Next time, ask for Orange Crush. But remember, don't say orange. Say Orange Crush. O-R-A-N-G-E-C-R-U-S-H. Orange Crush. Next Wednesday, listen to the Green Hornet again in the exciting story of danger entitled Election Boomerang. And now till Wednesday, this is Fred Foy saying so long from Orange Crush. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.